It's not Spotify. <laughs> it's what? my incredibly realistic slowing down. It's not your audio player. This is Brandon with the Mondo Solution Podcast, episode number 26. And I was trying to do the thing where you talk slow and sound like you're spe- speaking in slow motion. But I'd like to think that every single one of our listeners slash viewers slash listeners on multiple pop platforms, products, uh, are too bright to have caught that and believed me. Hi, everybody. I'm Brandon Wood, the Mondo Solution. That guy right there is Jay to the MACD, Jordan McDonald. How are you, sir? <laughs> Doing well today, B-dubs. Great to see you as usual. Excited to talk about our topic today. Yes, sir. So guys, you know, uh, this is the a publication of Mondo. The Mondo Solution is a publication of Mondo Solutions. You can go to trymondo.com. Mondo is a marketing agency. Um, and one of the things that we've talked about, we've talked about everything from history of marketing to uh, psychology and marketing, kind of reverse branding, all of these different things. And one of the things we're going to talk about today that's probably going to be largely focused into kind of SMB, right? So small to medium-sized businesses. Let's call it, I don't know, let's call it probably sub 100 people, almost certainly sub 50 people, depending on the size of the company, industry, and so on and so forth. And how you go about selecting a digital marketing agency because Jordan, let's face it. There's a lot of schlock out there. Am I wrong? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, I'm not sure exactly what language schlock refers to uh, or is based upon, but there's a lot out there. You just have to keep your wits about you, right? You do figure out what you prioritize and um, shop around, right? Don't necessarily yeah, I mean, like in photography. Sorry, to, let, no. I'll just say it. It. Like, like in photography, it's like a you know for landscape photographers, which I would consider myself a part of that group. Um, mm-hmm. There's a tendency to get out on the trail, and like the first beautiful flower combined with like a nice rock scene right next to the trail, ten steps down. Uh, it, there's a tendency to want to shoot that first thing to to mm-hmm. get that first um, you know that first opportunity, but. There's always better opportunities if you just keep searching and really identify what you're looking for. Agreed. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people do. We do that with everything, right? We do that with cars. We do that with how we do that with everything. It's like you don't want to get stuck in analysis paralysis where you're sitting there like vetting every single agency under the sun. You don't want to go there. And you also don't want to just jump after the first thing that you see and I think that really establishing criteria that these are some of the things we're going to talk about, establishing what criteria are important to you, how you are vetting those people, and then not waiting till the last second, because that's the problem that people wind up in is they go, oh my gosh, my leads have dried up or whatever it is. I have to have marketing right now. And I'm like, okay, well, there's a growth period within digital marketing. Even with di- in digital, we are, meanwhile, Facebook or Meta makes you think that you could just throw some money into a promoted post and then all of a sudden you're marketing the same day. That's not true. That's not how it works. In real marketing world, it is going to take probably six weeks minimally. Uh, you may be able to have, at, in the ad space, you may be able to have some ads up quicker than that, but until they're really doing anything, minimally six weeks after they've launched. So, it's kind of like if you wait till you're hungry to plant a, to plant a tomato plant, you, then what are you going to do? 
<laughs> you're not going to eat anything. You're waiting for that seed to germinate. Then the germinated seed and sprout to, to harden off. Then to actually put it in the ground. Then to water it. Then for it. It's going to be six months seed to, to, to fruit. And marketing is the same way. Don't, don't get hung up in those spaces. So before we get into the article that we are going to be largely pulling from today, I want to remind everybody that is listening slash watching to please subscribe, like, follow, share, subscribe, tell your mom about it. Listen, I talked to her last week and she said that she really wants to know when we're coming up. So what you can do is you can do her a favor, grab her phone. You can subscribe on whatever podcast player she's listening to, whether that's Spotify, Overcast, which is the best. Maybe the three people that are listening to Apple Podcasts, that's fine. Just subscribe to The Mondo Solution. You can also find us on YouTube. Um, just search for The Mondo Solution, dead sexy. If you put that in there, <laughs> you'll get fewer results. and It'll just be me and Jordan, uh, mostly Jordan. And then subscribe to us. And write us, by the way, podcast at trimondo.com. We'd love to hear from you. Yes, so, please. Yes. Did I miss anything there? No, I think you covered it all. Uh, if it's your grandma <laughs> that's listening, though, be sure yeah. to set the VCR in advance. That way she That's can right. record us on uh, channel three. Right. And when the time changes, make sure that you time. I forgot about the channel three thing. <laughs> yeah. Channel one, channel <laughs> three. Yeah. <laughs> so to those people who may not know what the heck we're talking about, it used to be that if you wanted your VCR or dare I say NES, the OG Nintendo to play on your TV, you had to set the TV to like channel three or four if you had a fancy one. <laughs> that's how you know it was good. It was a good <laughs> yeah. So, and that's the, people are still like, what do you mean? <laughs> Analog signals are tricky. They're like, what's a channel? <laughs> a YouTube I've, channel? My TikTok a, channel? A YouTube channel, which by the way, YouTube channel could be it, which by the way, I don't know if I mentioned this, you guys should subscribe to us. <laughs> so the, article that we're going to take a look at today and this is uh, from entrepreneur uh, magazine which is entrepreneur.com i believe that's french for entrepreneur i just keep thinking about gorilla versus gorilla <laughs> gorilla versus that's from hold on captain ron am i right well, yeah, I'm referencing uh, a quote that you mentioned on one of our prior episodes. Oh, yeah, because like, it's from Captain it's, Ron, bro. It's gorilla marketing, not gorilla. Not <laughs> it's from the movie Captain Ron. Yes. Kurt Russell, Martin <laughs> Short. Just telling you, it's fantastic. <laughs> you can add that to the tab of useless stuff that you have yeah. to look at. Oh, yeah. I'm going to need a new browser. Yeah. <laughs> It's well, like Chrome is going to crash out, right? <laughs> so this is called Five Considerations When Choosing a Digital Marketing Agency for Your Business. Now, this was written by a guy named Sergio Alvarez in June 16th, 2023. And right now, as we record, this is July 25th. So only about a month away. I feel like that's important because actually there was an article um, similar to this that was written. Oh, what publication was it on? It was something that, oh, Forbes. And, but it was written in 2018. And to, if I'm being honest, you know, so much of the digital landscape has changed in that period of time. And so I really wanted to find something that we we're going to kind of refer back to and so on and so forth um, that are going to lead us to the right place. So there, there are five things to keep in mind here that they get into. But before we do that, I'm going to kind of start at the front. We've talked about a couple of these things. Um, and then Jordan's going to kick it off with number one down there. But before that, first, get clear on your goals. For an agency to be successful, they need to have a clear, one clear guiding light to follow. Conflicting goals for marketing campaigns are common, even expected, as each department has its own priorities. But this kryptonite to a successful digital campaign. 
While you can certainly have more than one goal, the main goal needs to be distinct and clear. The others can fit in after. So let me talk about this for a second. You know, if you've never, if your version of marketing thus far as a, well, let's call it HVAC company today, is simply we can come and do this thing. What's your value proposition? Is it the quality products you use? Is it the customer service? Is it a 24 hour a day thing? What are those things? Because leads in the door is one goal, right? And kind of a very obvious goal, but how those leads get there is that's almost a secondary goal because part of digital marketing is going to be strictly branding. How much brand recognition do you have with people? Whether that is because of, you know, we talked about colors in our last show. Um, I think it was our last show. And the, the recognition of logos and things like that. So part of it is how recognizable is your brand so that when somebody goes, I need HVAC help. Oh, this is the, per oh, I saw this sign. It looks like this. That's what they're going to resonate with. So that that branding, it's not just that it's in front of their face. It's in front of their face when they need it. Um, and those, those again, I'll refer back to the planting the tomato seed, right? Those are things that are going to bring in leads, but it's going to be when the leads are there, when, when people are looking for those things. It's not necessarily, I put on an ad today, I get a lead. It's that's so that's one of the goals, right? Am I am I on the right path there, J Dog? Absolutely. There, it's a um, how would I how would I say this? There's a striation, right? There are levels mm -hmm. to approaching goals, and right, a goal without a plan, that's just a dream, right? So, it is. There are a lot of factors, and many of them are exactly as you're saying. How do you define a conversion? Yep. Certain conversions are going to be way more valuable than others, and. Yes, some, perhaps somebody, uh, somebody you know, filled out that submission form for a quote, but the way they got there has a huge bearing on whether that's actually going to be a successful conversion on the back end, where yep. dollars are being converted into products and services delivered. And you know, you you mentioned something that <clears throat> when you're this uh, kind of apocryphal HVAC company that we're talking about here when you are putting together these goals, really think about when somebody comes in the door, who is that person? Is it somebody looking for, I, I don't, what's a cheap thing? Let's call it a furnace inspection. Now, granted, you might find something for a furnace inspection. You might find a cracked heating element or something that needs to be replaced. You make more money from that. But let's say an inspection, generally speaking, is going to be a couple hundred bucks uh, once a year that somebody's going to spend or whatever that is. So is it that? Or is it the calls for when your furnace breaks? Now, those things, one of those things needs to be fixed, you know? And if you put marketing, poor marketing dollars and energy, if you will, I'll probably say energy a lot because dollars isn't always the case. But if you're going to pour marketing energy into your furnace uh, being inspected, are you going to do it in the summer months? No. So consider all of these aspects, like who do you want to reach? When do you want to reach them? Why? Because the service thing, it's nice to have, you know, a $200 inspection uh, a few times a week, but it's really nice to have, if you're this, again, apocryphal HVAC company, it's really nice to have two or three furnace replacements in a week that are three, four, five grand a piece. So, be really considerate of those particular aspects. And I'm sure, listen, I'm not an HVAC pro. So if you're, if you're listening to this, I, I understand. Don't, <laughs> we don't, 
I don't need your email unless you want to say how amazing <laughs> I am at this thing. Um, but, you know, just keep that in mind. Um, the other thing that this points out is next, decide with who within your company is going to take the lead on communications. And I would say that this is <laughs> above all the most primary thing, especially in small to medium businesses, because... Well, let me read the rest of this, then I'll get to the because. As multiple competing goals can lead to chaos, so can multiple conflicting voices from the client. While multiple stakeholders can have a say in the partnership, there needs to be clarity about who is taking the lead. So when you get to a larger company, especially a larger agency, then you've got a CSM, right? A customer success manager or whatever that is. And that person sits in between, typically speaking, the client and the project manager, that CSM is in there. And then sales is kind of ancillary over here. That person's job is to make sure that all of the technical stuff that the project manager is managing day to day is being effectively communicated to whoever the person is internally at the company, the internal champion or internal manager in this case. The reason that's important is because the owner or whoever is kind of in the executive level is just going leads in the door, revenue, that's it. They're concerned about math. And if everyone's just sitting there concerned about math without looking at the why and how and the who, what, when, where, why, how, then who cares? And so having a person that is really going to be that point of contact, and then by the way, consistently a point of contact and somebody who you can actually say, Hey, Jordan, uh, listen, I, I sent you three emails last week and we really need to get these things rolling. You need to be able to have that sort of honest um, and forthright conversation with that person. So agreed very much. Jordan, you deal with this much more than I do of actually client-facing uh, kind of management of a relationship like that. And it can it can kind of, a, a deal or a, a campaign, marketing campaign can be dead on arrival if no one is communicating properly. Yeah, I have a lot to say about this point. Uh, I, I do want to take it one step back. We're talking about communications as it pertains to finding the right digital marketing agency yes. for you. But of course, there's multiple other angles when you can consider uh, communication. And I'm just going to touch upon it and then get back to my point. Yep. And that is right. There's communication between you and the marketing agency that you've hired. And then, of course, there's communication between you, the entity, the company, and your customers. right? And whether you're having the marketing agency facilitate responses to negative or positive reviews or newsletters, however that works, doesn't matter. There's pretty much a through line on both. And that is consistency, as you were saying, consistency in tone, voice, mm -hmm. messaging, approach, timeliness. They're all huge things. Pertinent to what we're discussing today, absolutely. Having that point of contact, <laughs> it's critical. Right? So, so many times, right? Yes, there are things outside of all of our control. There will be people inevitably that move around um, at, at the client, right? And inevitably there will be change, there will be turnover. That being said, it's not conducive to successful marketing strategy for multiple reasons, right? It, it's, it, it, <laughs> you, you really need this direct point of contact, right? Because yes. they are going to be the ones on the inside of their company. They're going to be the ones that say, okay, oh, Jordan, you need X, Y, and Z uh, for your website. You need you need this copy um, to be polished by us, the you know the client, the internal team. Great, I will take that and put that in front of leadership or the people that are responsible for giving the go ahead, mm -hmm. and then we will come back to you. 
as opposed to, oh, hey, Jordan, um, would you mind reaching out to these four or five people and getting their feedback? Ultimately, everybody's busy. It's not a slam on anybody in particular. Absolutely not. Uh, but when there's that disconnect in the responsibility of connecting and linking so many different people from inside a company together for the marketing efforts, it's just, it's distributed. And oftentimes we know how things go. People get busy. They're not able to respond to that email. Mm. The person that doesn't respond or isn't able to respond at that moment might be the person that needs to respond (laughs) when it would have been a lot easier for the person. And yes, we're living in post COVID times where more and more people are working remotely. Although there has been some backlash on that. Uh, and studies that have gone the opposite direction on which one's more efficient. Uh, but it's always going to be more useful when you have somebody who can do a sneaker net across the hallway and say, hey, Billy Bob Thornton, I need your answer on this. I can see you. <laughs> and no, this isn't some bank robbing movie. Uh, and I need your feedback. Yes, that looks great. Right. It's all about efficiency. Yep. And efficiency is key in, in that two-way dialogue to get things moving for a campaign especially when you factor in industries that have very fluid um, like sales opportunities, mm-hmm. right? Like perhaps an HVAC, um, maybe not, not so much, but what if there is a, a heat wave like the entire country or if not world is experiencing right now? Demand for AC repair, replacement, reconditioning, these services are going to be in high demand. And oh, yeah. And while you may or may not already be running ads that target those and working on SEO that is conducive to that, there could be pockets of opportunity throughout the region that you serve that you need to act on quickly to boost that budget for that geographic region or that grouping of personas to really you know, take your business and get the most ROI from that opportunity. But unless you have that feedback loop where it says, hey, we noticed this, we think you should target this region. Do you approve? And that approval doesn't come until a week later. That opportunity may have just been missed. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's it's really a win-win when both the marketing agency and the company with a point of contact are in a stable, fluid flow of communication. Uh, there's really <laughs> there's no other way to do it correctly. And being proactive, I think you know, the the farther out in front of it, you can go and saying like, "Hey, we're going to have a meeting every third Thursday, whatever it is." And if somebody goes, "Oh, well, I'm going to be out of town this third Thursday coming up. Great, let's put it on a Wednesday or whatever it is." Be proactive because if you wait until the last second, then it'll, everyone will just bump it to the next week, and then it won't happen. So, okay, awesome. Yeah, uh, again, the client side. I think they're probably part of the reason that you and a lot of people in your position might have a reason to speak to that is because that's where deals fall apart. And it's always, always going to get blamed on the agency. Oh, well, they didn't do what they're going to do. Well, you didn't meet. Like the agency cannot do anything if you don't meet. So I very much appreciate your perspective on that. Let's get into these five things to keep in mind. Jordan, what is number one, sir? Well, obviously, when you consider Jordan's pencils, you have to factor in the range of services that we provide. We have everything from number two to number three, all the way up through number nine. We're just releasing it here in the fall of 2023. And I couldn't be more excited, mostly because it finally is a great successor to the number one. And um, I know, I know, we always said for the longest time that we were going to call the number one pencil, the Brandon. (laughs) And number, uh, the number, number one on the nameplate. No, excuse me. 
Number nine on the nameplate, number one in your hearts. <laughs> but on a serious note. Yes. One thing, number one thing to keep in mind is the range of services. It's unlikely that you'll find a single agency specializing in services that will help you achieve your goals. Having more than one digital marketing agency on board is okay, but ensure that they're not working against each other or overlapping too significantly. So I'll just take a brief aside here and talk on this point. It's unlikely that you'll find a single agency specializing oh. in services that will help you achieve your goals. You know, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure I agree with that point, you know, um, I, and, and maybe, you know, maybe I'm completely wrong here, but, uh, I think to do digital marketing well, I'm not saying it's the only way, but a holistic approach mm. where one entity, one marketing agency is able to put together all the different services you need, whether that's billboard placement, radio spots, Google ads, Mm -hmm. social media paid ads, you know, and the SEO side of things. I mean, yeah, there's a lot moving and grooving. Um, but you know, I, I would, I would just say maybe there is an agency that can handle all of the services that you're looking to have. If not, yeah, there's that risk of overlapping. And then kind of how these things go, right. Is, is when you hire a marketing agency, they're going to need access to a lot yeah. of different things. They're going to need deep, deep access. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if you have too many cooks in the kitchen and they all have admin rights to the back end of your website, to the ad dollars that are being spent, um, it, you name it, there is going to be the potential for conflict. Mm -hmm. Um, and yes, while there are ways of tracking who made what change, change tracking, right. And you can say, oh, well, Agency A did this and agency B did the same thing, even though they weren't supposed to, but there was confusion on the contract mm -hmm. and now X number of dollars more have been spent than was being anticipated. It creates this overhead that's just really not good for business, right? So I think there are ways of doing it. There are ways of subdividing and conquering on different fronts, uh, but just be aware of that. The decision about which agency should take the lead will ultimately be guided by the range of services that best match your identified overriding goal. So being transparent about the role each agency mm. plays is critical. And ideally, ideally, you would find a way technologically. Um, ideally, you'll find a way to limit that access uh, without having to uh, so much Text babysit Jordan McDonald each agency. You know what I mean? So that's something important to keep in mind as we wait for Brandon to return to this amazing podcast. Yes. So I have thoughts on this as well. Uh, sorry about that disconnect. That was weird. I have no idea what happened. I'm just sitting here. Um, anyway. Okay. So I, from a, I think that where some of the confusion with one agency to rule them all thing comes in, a large chunk of that is going to be on the PR side because I think that the way that I think this is my hypothesis, the way that people perceive like, okay, well you built this ad, you built, you, you have this blog content. What does the blog content do? Where does it go? Yes. Uh, huge. Probably the large majority of that is going to be based around, um, SEO. Right. But an, a huge chunk of that 
in where partnerships, and this is kind of a larger partnership conversation as well, are going to come into play is who sees that? Do you, If you're publishing something about pencils, you need to make sure that that article on jordanspencils.com is going to go to Pencils Today magazine over here or whatever it is. So PR, I think that's a huge part of it too. And and then that's you, you'll run into digital agencies that claim to do social media, organic social media, but they don't actually do it. Um, they just kind of post and ghost and they'll share uh, an ad of some sort. And so uh, Mondo doesn't do that. So Mondo actually does organic social media management and, and very well, I should add. But, you know, Mondo doesn't really do the PR. Now, I think real PR, like reaching out to this agency and getting coverage in this publication over here, whatever. I think that where the the sweet spot is there is when an agency like Mondo can have a conversation with a PR agency and can go, hey, we have clients that we're going to throw your way. You guys don't touch SEO. You don't touch ads. You don't touch all these things that Mondo does. And Mondo doesn't touch PR or press releases and messaging and stuff like that. And Mondo will touch press releases in terms of generating the copy, right? But then when it comes to actually distribution of those articles, it has to do with partnerships and things like that. So I think that that's where you have to, it might take some doing to nail down kind of the range of services to point one up here. It's making sure that if you're working with an agency like Mondo, and Mondo is going to be, you probably, as Jordan's Pencils, don't want to also deal with Mondo and then also Steve's PR and then also this. You want one point of contact. So Mondo is there, an agency like Mondo is there to act as your outsourced CMO, chief marketing officer, right? Um, but you still need to make sure that Mondo, not, not Mondo, because we all know that Mondo is the best and that's that, but you need to make sure that that agency is doing everything that they claim they're going to do and then have KPIs, right? What are your benchmarks that are going to prove out the efficacy of that range of services? Because I know, Jordan, you know, we both know agencies that claim this over here because uh, many agencies take on the stance of, oh, we can do anything. Well, they can't actually do anything. What they can do is they say they can do anything until customer X comes in, like Bob's pens over here, comes in and goes, I'm all about the writing utensils. And Bob's pens goes, hey, we need this. We need an app developed to analyze calligraphy, whatever, pick a thing. And this agency, this proverbial agency, um, which we know agencies like this, they're going to go, oh, we can get that app built for you. They have no idea where they're going to go. All they're going to go is go find somebody, partner up with them, and they're going to build it. So make sure that if you're doing that, even with Mondo, like Mondo is more than happy to stand on its own and be extraordinarily transparent and go, yep, we'll manage this relationship. Here's the person over here that's going to be building this application or whatever it is. And that's how it goes. So just make sure that when you're analyzing the range of services that are offered, make sure what you need is also accounted for in that because those two things aren't always the same. You know what I'm saying? Mm. I think mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yes. <clears throat> Number two, punto, punto dos. That's Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> it is industry experience. Now, it may be tempting to base your decision solely on an agency's experience in your industry. Now, while previous industry knowledge is, is beneficial, that alone does not ensure a successful partnership. 
Often, understanding how digital platforms fit into multiple industries is more beneficial. Broader experience sets bring an understanding of how various customer journeys play out across the board. Okay, I've seen this thing go two ways. I really have in, in conversations that I've had. I've had conversations with people like this HVAC company that I'm making up where they go, how much do you work with HVAC? And then you go, oh, we've, uh, we do a ton of work with HVAC. And they go, oh, I don't want to work with somebody who's going to also be potentially marketing my competitors. And you're like, well, shit. Okay. <laughs> and then the inverse of that, you go, you, you so you're trying to say, well, we don't work with, we, we don't work with HVAC because you know, you want this HVAC guy over here. And then he's going to go, what do you mean? You don't work with HVAC. How are you going to know what we're talking about? So there is a double-edged sword there. I would say this, if you're the person looking and you're concerned about their industry experience, number one, recognize in the digital marketing space specifically, I'm not talking about graphic design necessarily. I'm talking about digital marketing, whether that's ads or SEO. The the marketer is looking at data. It's purely data. Now, is it going to be, if it's a blog post, is it going to be written from the point of view of a, of a 25 year, you know, a uh, master HVAC person? Probably not, but there's, there's a conversation to be had there that's separate, but understand that when it comes to ads and how they're targeted and where they're going and so on and so forth, what this thing says, this particular point is way more important, how they read the data their breadth of understanding and knowledge, like this says, across customer journeys, that is way more important than whether they have specific industry experience. I can fully understand why you would want that. And quite frankly, I've had people say to me, you know, uh, Colorado, so where we are, Jordan and I, in the front range of Colorado, it gets hot here. Like right now it's 92 degrees outside, which is very normal. By the way, everybody complaining about, oh, it's so, no, it's normal, bro. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. It's hot in the summer. It sucks, but it's hot. So, <clears throat> but there are a lot of HVAC. There's a lot of roofing here too. And they'll go, well, how do I know you're not going to work with the HVAC or roofing company down the street? And you go, you don't. But what I can tell you is that, and, and again, we're talking kind of into sales realm here, but it's like, it is not great for the agency either to be working with three, four roofing companies inside of a mile radius. That's kind of insane because you're going to start cannibalizing your own audience. So it's fair to ask those questions. It's also fair to ask for an industry experience, but keep a broader perspective on what's important. And that said, if content um, marketing, so blog posts, pages on your website, all that, is part of the scope of work that the agency is taking on. Make sure you, Mr. Ms. Client, have an understanding of how that content is generated. Because you're right. If Jordan or myself were tasked today with writing an article about the latest updates in a carrier central air unit, whatever, we're not going to be able to do a great job. Now, with AI, we may be able to fake our way through it. But really what you want to do is you can typically go one of three ways. One, the agency can write an article based strictly around a product, use features from the manufacturer's website and whatever kind of feature dump, and then hope that people land on that page. Then the the client who is the master HVAC 
person can look at it, say, okay, this sounds good, or oh, change this. It gets changed, it gets published, that's that. Alternatively, the client can write it, which takes forever and will never get done because if you say to a master HVAC person, hey, I need 700 words on the latest updates on carrier air conditions, they're going to go, when am I going to do that? And then even if they do it, they write 700 words, the agency gets their hands on it, they edit it for SEO efficacy, send it back for approval, and then it gets published. It's like a month and a half before something like that gets done. So I think that when it comes to industry experience, have a clear understanding of how that industry experience is going to play into the overall client journey. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I just want to build upon what you're saying just briefly. And you did touch upon it. Uh, one of my points, which was in brief, you said, right, like we may not have the skills of a 25-year expert. We won't. Right. Actually, we, we frankly will not have the skills of a 25-year-old expert. Maybe 24 in, in years. <laughs> maybe, maybe if we combine our forces like power rangers yes. i think we can do this yes. but short of that but do you need that right is that really and i know this is something that you said just only in a slightly different approach it's all about personas mm -hmm. it's all about who you want to target as a company and sometimes targeting them with a lot of terse dense highbrow words that are 12 syllables long uh, that reads as a very scientific article. Not that that's negative. There are people out there, as we know, as we've discussed, that are going to want that technical literature. Mm -hmm. I know I would. I know that's exactly what I did when I was looking for LASIK. I want to know before they laser my eyes or laze my eyes <laughs> that they're, they're the latest possible technology. You know, I, I want to know, but uh, that's not always the case. So while there is benefit to having that expert level knowledge. It might not actually be the thing that's going to drive the mm -hmm. most amount of sales through your door. And that of course is the focus um, is, is, yeah, is, is making money, right? Yep. This is business and providing good quality service, right? Being honest, providing service. Um, one thing I also wanted to add here is that, um, yeah, to this experience and uh, experience in the industry. So yeah, th there's, you, yeah, I think first and foremost, you need to be able to establish a very high level of trust with any marketing agency or multiple marketing marketing agencies that you're working with. Um, inevitably, they might not be able to tell you, and it might not be in anybody's interest to reveal exactly the companies that they're working with, mm. right? And they might be able to say broadly, yes, we have some overlap in HVAC within the region that you're serving. Uh, however... There has to be an understanding that, yes, while let's take it from a Google marketing perspective, a Google paid uh, pay-per-click ads campaign, right? Yes. Ultimately, as the ad specialist, I know what company A is already spending on a similar grouping of keywords in an ad group for a specific campaign for that region. I know that. I'm not going to share that data with a competitor in the same industry that happens to also be a client of ours. Mm -hmm. That's... that's <laughs> That's not a win-win. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that and that indicates a very low level of character, right? Now, of course, inevitably, I will know what company A is spending on similar keywords to company B, and ultimately, uh, the Google machine, right? They they want more money. If, yep. if there's high competition, it's in some cases, it can almost seem like you know who's. It, it's always a bidding war. Whether you control the ad campaigns for 
every HVAC company in a region or not, even if you control two out of the 200. Mm -hmm. uh, there's Each company is going to slot in at a different price level uh, and, and potentially not compete on the same terms. But I think honesty and being transparent without revealing uh, client non-disclosable information is absolutely relevant. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I think I, one of the things that I'm starting to notice in all of these things are kind of this transparency that is required. Um, but I would caution people, and I've said this in, I can't remember the context, but in previous episodes, be very cautious. When somebody says the words radical transparency to you, they're, they're saying that I think it's a it's an obfuscation. If you have to say it, you don't need to demonstrate it because you can just stand on that. You go, we're, we're radically transparent. You go, okay, well, let's see this thing. So just be just be cautious because if it's stated, it's frequently trying to make up for the fact that it doesn't actually exist. So. Yes, but not always. Yes. Right? <laughs> just when Brandon talks to me uh, on the pillow at night. <laughs> That's a, that's or in the <laughs> afternoon. You don't know. <laughs> that's right. Day naps. All right. Honest references. Yes. This is my third point here. Oof. So glowing references are great, right? Caution. Cautionary tales there. But they are not everything. It's the clients that are no longer working with those agencies that will offer a true understanding of their brands. Ask openly about why clients have canceled. It's a difficult discussion or uh, conversation to have, but it will give you two vital pieces of information. First, you'll get an immediate understanding of their willingness to be transparent, the T word. Yep. And secondly, you'll get a feel for how well that agency fits with your brand. Uh, another clarifying point is whether the agency actually knows why their clients are no longer with them. Not taking the time to find out speaks volumes it reminds me immediately of hotel hell um and how sometimes these owners on the show when gordon ramsay uh. comes in to solve the problem uh he's like the owner is so oblivious to why they're not having customers at their hotel why they're getting bad reviews they think they should only be getting glowing reviews but you ask around in the community and the truth comes out and yes so I, I will I will say this. I'm sure you have something to add here. I'm not sure how easy it is necessarily to um, to find an honest reference. I mean, would you? It, it's like it's kind of a between a rock and a hard spot, right? If you mm -hmm. ask the marketing agency that you're interviewing to be your marketing agency, if you will, mm -hmm. and you say, "Hey, do you have any references?" Um, they'll say, yeah, you know, here's some references from probably current clients, right? I, I have a sneaking suspicion that most agencies would be loath to offer up direct contact information for people that have left their, their tutelage, their services. Uh, so really, I guess it would come down and you will correct me, I'm sure, but uh, and I mean that in a loving way. It's all good. Uh, <laughs> but, but I, I guess you could, uh, you could peruse like, Yelp, Google reviews, yes. um, and find, and, you know, just find companies in that list. Reach out to them. Are you still using this company as your marketing agency? No, I'm not trying to solicit you. I just want to know why you left or why you're still with them without having the middleman of the potential marketing agency in the way, maybe obfuscating the actual, you know, truth. Yes. So 
there's a cautionary thing here that I would say first, make sure that you're talking to the right agency. Um, a while ago, it's probably six months ago, um, no, more, there was somebody who Mondo was, we were trying to talk to, and somebody goes, uh, oh, I don't, I, I worked with Mondo on some PR stuff. I don't like Mondo. They were not talking about Mondo solutions. They were talking about somebody completely different. Realize that uh, you don't have a trademark on a particular name. So make sure that you're talking about the right company or agency or whatever it is. Um, in terms of references, so um, it's very interesting because a lot of agencies, a lot of companies more broadly, are going to ask for their Google reviews when things are good. They're not going to ask a year later. They're going to ask probably, I don't know, when would you say? I would say that at a digital agency, things are really good right around two or three months. Because you're excited, you've seen your ads go live and this thing over here is live and maybe a new website is live, whatever. All these things are kind of happening. But, and you've probably been let know correctly that it takes a while for leads to begin coming in. So just be aware that those, a lot of those reviews, which are asked for, whether that's an NPS, ask for something through something like ask, ask nicely, um, or if it's a Google review or whatever, just be aware that those reviews are frequently front loaded. Um, Cause if you were to ask in a year or 11 months, um, it's probably not going to be as glowing. I'm not saying it would be bad. I'm just saying it's probably not going to be as glowing. Uh, also, as you point out, Jordan, check other places, right? Um, so we're, we're looking at, and I know I'm kind of uh, combining reviews and references, but that's what, that's what they are today, right? Um, so de definitely check other places. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, Bing, Apple Maps, YouTube, sometimes. I mean, whatever. Just check everywhere that you can check. Because uh, if you're about to go and spend three to $4,000 a month, which is not unusual at all, um, just you want to make sure that who you're going to be working with is worth it. And then I think it's a great idea to find out somebody that's no longer working there and or working with a particular agency or company and go, hey, what's going on? Are you still liking it? And call them. So look, you know, Google uh, reviews lists the date when a review is published. Call somebody they published about a year ago. Uh, because, you know, the challenge is <clears throat> that if somebody, let's say, has only five-star reviews, there's a, there's this weird double-edged sword with that, right? Because you go, why are there only five-star reviews? Why are there zero that are like four stars out of five? And it just, it's a little kind of like, I mean, everybody strives for fully five stars. So I don't know. I think that's kind of a weird kind of paradox, but I think that digging into the numbers and digging into have the uncomfortable conversation is something that is well worth it. And yes, check those other platforms, um, call the person, ask around. Um, I'll just tell you straight up, like you can find companies, um, if you, so everybody, not everybody, but most agencies are going to put in the footer of a website, SEO marketing by blah, 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 marketing group, let's say. So you find, go ahead and Google that 
and find some websites built by these these agencies and then see if that person is still working there. Just pick up the phone and call. There, many people won't answer, but I guarantee you, if they love them, they'll be willing to say, oh, love them. If they hate them, they'll be super willing to say, oh, hate them. <laughs> so don't be afraid to have those conversations. Um, and as for references, yes, find uh, like a like a one-to-one relationship-based reference. Find somebody absolutely that is in your space, maybe in a different uh, state if you or a region, if you're concerned about the geographical element that we talked about a moment ago. And you say, hey, who are you using? Oh, you're using somebody that's only in Dubuque? I mean, fine. Isn't Dubuque D-E-B-U-Q-U-E or something? Anyway, find somebody, like ask, and they go, hey, how'd you come across that person? And then call that agency. See if they can recommend somebody. And to be quite honest with you, in the digital space, there's not, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter that they're hyper-local. It doesn't. So, um, yeah, I, I just call people, ask the worst people can, the worst thing that's going to happen is people go, I don't have time for your phone call and they hang up and that's that. Who cares? You know? So that's all I got to say about that. I, I have many things to say about that, but, but I'll <laughs> keep my mouth shut. Um, this is a children's show. It is. Uh, analytical capabilities. <clears throat> okay. Data is everything. Especially in paid media, a digital marketing agency that relies solely on platform-specific analytics is a red flag. In other words, like a analytics engine that only works with, so like um, StatPress, is that what it is? It's a WordPress plugin. I don't even know if it exists anymore. Um, that is not a holistic attribution. You will never know how your campaign has fared if those are the only attribution capabilities they employ. It's crucial to ask how they analyze data, what attribution platforms they use, and how often campaigns are being optimized based on the analysis. This this is just it, right? How are you measuring success? Where are you measuring success? Because again, if you're doing a branding campaign and you're just tracking phone calls, that's terrible. If you're doing a branding campaign and you're just tracking Facebook mentions, that's terrible. It needs to be this overarching understanding of where data is coming from, how it fits into the overall um, success or failure of what you're seeing, the boots on the ground, what your bottom line is seeing. Uh, I would say that trust, you, you want to be able to trust the person that you're talking to, to give you all of the data. Um, because in particular, SEO is difficult to measure like very difficult to measure. Um, especially if you're running concurrent ad campaigns that are basically going after the same keywords. Now, granted, if somebody clicked on an ad campaign and then they, for like number nine pencils, they click on an ad for that, they wind up on your website. Both Google ads and Google analytics will say that the route was by way of an advertisement. But if you're like me, and sometimes you go number nine pencils and you Google number nine pencils. The first thing that comes up is an ad for Jordan's pencils, number nine pencils, but I don't click on it because I don't want to spend money on the behalf of businesses. Many times I'll just look at the website and I'll just type in number nine pencils. Well, mm -hmm. I don't think there's a way to track that. If you're just going to jordanspencils.com and you're then browsing there, alternatively, I might go Jordan's Pencils, number nine pencils, and then it'll be the first organic result, but then you're still getting a false result. So just it's this sort of thing. 
and I think that it's um there's a level of humility, I think, that marketers must have as well. Because newsflash kids, they don't know everything. Marketers don't know everything. And the ones that go, oh, we know everything are the ones that don't know everything at all. So the ones that go that admit they go, oh, well, we're just going to figure this out. Let's figure it out. Let's look at the data. Let's, And that's kind of to the point here is how often are you checking data and updating uh, optimizations and things like that. Uh, have an understanding that, look, we're at, especially when you're beginning, you're throwing stuff at the wall. Now, granted, it's informed stuff that you're throwing at the wall based on previous data and keyword planner and what have you. But have an understanding that it, this is an evolving thing. So that's my diatribe on analytical capabilities you know as soon as i saw this point it really is i mean yes the rest of this is important right <laughs> yeah yes considering their range of services considering their industry experience or their breadth of experience considering how trustworthy they are um or more exacting considering uh considering how other companies that have worked with this agency think about them presently or retroactively. Yes, that's important. But at the end of the day, the numbers, the numbers are what matter. Uh, and hopefully they're not keeping, you know, two sets of books and cooking one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and, and I will say on this point, there is a pretty standard operating procedure for many large marketing agencies out there. And I'm not throwing any of them under the bus. I understand the reasons behind why you would do this as an agency. And that is simply, you can, there are multiple, multiple ways of setting up accounts. And when you're a large agency, you, you want to do everything you can to be as efficient uh, with your time and the time of your employees, mm -hmm. which is money out of the door, as possible. So for these reasons, oftentimes all of the marketing agency's clients are collected and housed in, in, in this case, let's talk to Google, in one major Google marketing platform mm -hmm. suite. And because of that, uh, permission levels are slightly different for the client's client, right? For, for the actual company that is paying the marketing agency. Right. They, most times, not all times, but in many cases, they do not have the same transparency and access to the data, and at least in the Google marketing world, uh, as they would if the account is separate and individually managed. Of mm -hmm. course, there's overhead uh, for the marketing agency to do that. But it generally speaking leads to an increased level of transparency between the client and the marketing agency. What I will say is regardless of that, it's, it's the data that matters. And if you can see the data and you can ask the questions about the data, uh, which so often not uh, so often, it, it seems to me in my experience, the clients that ask more questions, get better results. Yes. The clients that are saying, how are you tracking conversions? This is what we discussed. This is what we wanted to track. Um, is that actually being tracked? Can you show me how it's being tracked? Mm. Right. Of course you don't want to, you know, I'm not advocating for nitpicking every single thing as right. a client. I don't think that necessarily builds a good relationship, but if you, it's ultimately your money. Right, your money and your energy and your efforts and potentially your team's efforts, uh, depending on who's the point of contact and who they interface it with on a regular basis to make that marketing, um, uh, 
to help assist the marketing agency perform the, their job fully. Um, it, yeah. So ask the questions, like really yep. ask the questions. If the marketing <clears throat> agency can't give you a straight answer, um, and it doesn't have to be on the phone at that moment, if they can't get back to you and say, Hey, within whatever, let's call it 48 hours a week. If they can't ultimately get back to you with an answer on how they're doing something, why they're doing something, when they're doing something, uh, and who's doing it, maybe not as important as the other ones. Uh, that's a major red flag. Yeah, I agree. Um, again, it's like if something, <clears throat> I tell my daughter this teenage daughter and it's like, if something makes you uncomfortable, that is exactly the thing that you need to ask me about. And so with your, with an agency also don't, don't, <clears throat> excuse me, if you're a business owner shopping for an agency, don't get hung up <clears throat> in going, thinking that you want your agency decision or decision to hire a particular agency to be this bright shining accomplishment for you who cares ask the questions that be willing to have your presumptions shut down um, and in order to do so you have to ask the uncomfortable questions a lot of time so yeah i think it's just admit your own shortcomings in terms of knowledge and industry understanding of the digital marketing space go hey look i don't understand what the difference is between a retargeting ad and this ad over and a direct display ad great so let's explain those to me how do we get there why is that important and figure out what that is again so many of these things can be uh proactively planned for um yeah that it's hyper important i think so i digress yes and on that digression, we come to our fifth point, and that is cultural fit. Mm -hmm. So your chosen digital marketing agency should probably align with your organization's culture. Uh, the agency is essentially your voice in the digital realm, so they need to communicate the same brand strategy that you would, that you are. Communication style and business philosophies should be similar for the partnership to be successful. For instance, a digital marketing agency focused on traditional strategies may not partner well with an innovative brand eager to explore new and unconventional strategies, right? If, if you got a marketing, marketing agency that's saying radical transparency, radical growth, <clears throat> radical, radical tubular. I mean, mm -hmm. first of all, watch out for the word radical and watch <laughs> out for Jordan's pencils because they yes. are radical. They're um, so radical. But it, it goes back to, to uh, something we've talked about frequently and something that we talked about at the top, uh, and that is um, voice, mm -hmm. message, tone, you know, I mean, right, those are all subcomponents of, of culture, right. right? It's branding, it's it's are you on message? You need your marketing agency to be, <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna use the word spewing, but I don't think spewing is exactly, <laughs> uh, right, and it's not grandstanding either, but advocating. Right. You want your marketing agency to be advocating for your position the same way that you would if you had all the tools and expertise that they did. Yeah. So from a cultural standpoint, I think that this is, again, one of those places where you have to look at Pantage in every interaction you have with that agency, um, beginning with the sales process. Um uh, assuming you weren't referred in. So if you, if the person sitting across from you, if they're 
if their confidence level bridges from confidence and a, and a quiet understanding of what they're doing and begins to make you feel as though there's a hubris or an arrogance there, walk away. It's okay. It's okay. Um, there are many that claim to be marketers and they're marketers since way back, but when in reality, their first marketing experience was when they were hired as some position in sales at a marketing agency strictly because of the sales aspect and has nothing to do with marketing and the, any understanding they've bridged and reached by the time you're having that conversation with them is strictly what they've learned by way of other people performing, uh, paying attention to their project managers or what have you. So understand the cultural fits everything. If you don't feel comfortable with that person, call it out. And by the way, if you're in a contract with somebody, this is, from a cultural fit also, um, you know, there's a leapfrogging effect that some agencies will do. Um, and so that is to say that they will go, great, we're going to start a contract with Jordan's Pencils for a new website and then 12 months of SEO, let's say. <clears throat> it's going to be two Gs a month or whatever. Okay, so $12,000 a year plus whatever the cost of the website is. And then three, four months in, the the agency will go, hey, Jordan, listen, uh, or maybe Jordan will come to the agency. It doesn't matter. But the conversation will be had to go, hey, uh, we're doing SEO. We're not really seeing the, we're not really seeing the immediate efficacy that we wanted to. And A, salesperson, that means they did not front load expectations properly. But B, the salesperson is going to go, oh, well, Jordan of Jordan's pencils. Listen, what we can do is we can throw, and I may have talked about this before. We can, let's do an SEO campaign or let's do a social media campaign, organic social media or paid social, doesn't matter, social media campaign. And then you go, great. And then you sign another 12 month contract. So now your contract has gone from 12 to 16 months. Then you get a couple more months in and you go, hey, well, social's working really well. And then you're going to be sold and they're going to go, oh, you know, what would really capitalize on this is if we took the data from SEO and the data from social and combined it into a Google ads campaign. Oh, by the way, that's going to be this much and it's going to be 12 more months. So now your 12 month contract has leapfrogged its way into like an 18, 19 month contract. Then when the first contract comes up for 12 months at the end of 12 months, the SEO contract you still have six months of stuff left to do. And you're going to be told, oh, do you really want to let your SEO slide? So I, I think the reason that I bring these things up culturally is because there's a lack of transparency there. Um, there's a lack of understanding. I would say, don't be afraid to walk away from a contract. Um, you can renegotiate those things. Um, it, Mondo doesn't do contracts. And I'm not saying this to get on some soapbox and go, look how great Mondo is for not doing contracts. But Mondo doesn't do contracts specifically because of this sort of thing. Because what it does is it engenders um, animosity. Uh, because I, I, I know I've said this before. Every I love my car. But every time I go to pay that car payment every friggin' month, I'm like, God, I hate my car. <laughs> so it's kind of a similar thing. Um just don't be afraid to back out if you're not feeling that. And they're going to threaten you and you go, whatever. I owe five G's on my contract. You're going to spend a hundred to take me to court to get that five grand. Let's do it. Let them do it. They're, it's all bluster. Um, so I, I just, I think the cultural element is something that we get suckered into quite a bit. Um, I, I think we're all guilty of being suckered into, um, the narcissism of other people sometimes. Um, 
I've certainly myself believed people and trusted who they were and what have you uh, in in some of these aspects. And then you find out later, you're like, hold on, what on earth is happening here? So don't, don't be afraid to call those things out. Um, and if you want to just wait out of con, I hope your project manager is not like that. God, that would be the worst. Um, because typically speaking, if the pro, if the company, the agency <clears throat> does good work, um, and it was, let's say the salesperson who, uh, rubbed you the wrong way, but you still know they do good work. You like the project manager. Great. Stick with it. Who cares? You can always bail whenever you want. So, I don't know. I, I keep wanting to do a show, an episode purely about marketing contracts. Um, but without having a lawyer on, it's very difficult to actually speak to those things. Um, and then laws vary state by state. Um, yeah, laws vary state by state because even Jordan, you and I were talking about this recently offline, but even when it comes to like non-competes, um, in Colorado, they are illegal. And if Jordan's pencils try to file a non-complete against Brandon for, you know, going to Bob's pencils over here, Jordan could wind up in jail, not just fined, but actually in jail. Um, so like very states take very different stances one to the other. So I would be very curious to do a, a show like that for when you, you choose the wrong agency. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, but it's a much more complex topic, I feel. And who really cares? Is it a marketing topic? No, it's kind of a legal topic. So maybe one day. One can yes. dream. It's the Mondo solution, not the legal solution. That's right. right? Although nothing we do is illegal. I That's will right. preface that. That's right. <laughs> I, you know, I, I will say up until point four, analytical capabilities, I was pretty confident that was the most important. But, you know, really, this list saved the best for last, to your point. Yep. The company marketing agency can be producing results for you, right? They can be doing a great job, but if you yes. just do not enjoy working with them, <laughs> if you question their motives, if um, there's perhaps high turnover and yeah. you were really excited when you came in to be working with this team, these direct points of contact, and then they're gone and the person that replaced them, well, you just, yeah, a little shady. Maybe, you know, you question things more. As you said, don't be afraid to pull the eject lever. Yep. Right. At least, at least do your due diligence. See if you should feel afraid. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna offer any legal advice here. But no. as with anything in life, I will just make a blanket <laughs> statement that says you're really never trapped in any given situation. Will there be consequences? Always. There's always going to be some sort of consequence uh, to can, making decisions. But again, I, I want to say something really quickly about. Um, the cultural aspect again, because so there's a portion of this article that I don't, don't think we're going to get to just based on time, which what if things go wrong? One of the things you should check, and this is a very interesting thing because um, I, I don't know what the legal ramifications are behind it because technically things are posted anonymously, but is to check Glassdoor or check employee, em, former employee reviews of a company. Um, frequently speaking, you'll see a lot of BS that are just kind of, again, they're early. Somebody got hired. Oh, it's good for our SEO. Go over here and post this. But buried in there, you're going to find things that are quite good um, relative to sussing out the actual personality of who you're talking to. Um, yeah, do that. 
because there are a lot of, I mean, there are people that wouldn't post because they're afraid of legal retribution. Um, but <clears throat> it's oftentimes a good way to figure out if somebody, you know, if a company Jordan went so far as to, uh, and this is, this is illegal in Colorado, uh, by the way, went so far as to call Jordan's pencils calls in. Oh, Hey, this is, uh, this is Steve from, Steve's Pencils in Paducah, Kentucky. Uh, I just want to, hey, is Jordan around? Can I talk to Jordan? And pretends to be somebody, even though Steve is not calling. That's illegal in Colorado, number one, where we live in Colorado. But number two, that is also evidence of really just subhuman character. Um, and you can't get that. You're not going to get that from a client. Um, but you might see that with somebody pretends to be somebody else, somebody you know, uh, tries to threaten exorbitant legal action, things like these. These are all these things that are kind of behind the scenes. So it's not the worst idea in the world to look at the secretary of state's office at in any state when you're looking at somebody, have they ever had a complaint? Um, these are all good, uh, things to take a look at because again, if you're spending 24 G's a year, which is not outside the realm of possibility. Okay. You're spending $24,000 a year. If you're a small to medium business, that's a huge chunk. Of, that's literally food off your kid's table. You know what I'm saying? It's not a large private equity backed company or something like that. So do your due diligence. Make sure that what you're getting is going to make it so that you don't have to worry about that money coming off your kid's table or food coming off your kid's table. And everything top, <clears throat> everything top down is going to eventually funnel into the culture of that company and the culture is what the people are. So yeah, I, I just think that you're right, Jordan. They did save the best for last on that. It's like it, the more I think about it, the more that the culture of an agency, how flexible they are, even if it's things, man, I've been in sales processes where I've seen other people and been tasked with being a complete dick, like call this person and be like, Oh, oh literally. Oh no, you need to like, I'm not joking. Or you need to be sound very fresh. <sighs> okay, well, and it's like, dude, come on. Just be, and you can't just say, all right, well, hey, listen, absolutely no problem, but uh, here is the pricing if we sign this by today, and here's what the price is going to be after that. I'm not going to get all frustrated, but this is what it is. So read through, look between, read between the lines, especially when it pertains to culture. I digress yet again. <laughs> no, it's perfect. It's, it's really important. Yeah. Right. Life, life is too short to, to be spending money on the wrong thing. Yeah. It's not helping you or your stress levels. And quite frankly, I mean, I, I, <laughs> I'm not going to say, yeah, well, first you should call Mondo when you need these marketing things, right? The, it's a good way to go because especially Mondo doesn't do contracts and I'm not, again, we seldom do Jordan and I get on here and just straight up pitch, but one of the things that stands out about that is companies that are afraid of their own shadow when it comes to, the, and by shadow, I mean their own results. Those are companies that are going to slam you into a contract. Um, and, and that's not to say that there aren't some out there um, that do good work because there are not here in Colorado, but there are. And so those agencies that are going to go, Oh shit, we're afraid they're going to figure out that we we actually did blow what we promised. We over promised and we're under delivering. 
But when you're with working with Mondo, especially if expectation is set. So SEO is a good example of that. If ever I have had a conversation with a company about SEO, I say straight up, this is going to take six months, period, before you see any measurable, really good measurable results. And then after that, it grows, but six months at a bare minimum. And if it's nationally, it's a year. And depending on how competitive the industry is, probably two. Can you afford to spend this money to do that for that much time? Whereas some companies, some agencies will be like, oh no, let's do SEO. You're going to be in the door. It's the most important thing. People, And I'm not saying it's not the most important thing, but in terms of the phone ringing, people walking in the door, it ain't going to happen in the short term. So with Mondo, if the expectation is set up front to go, Jordan of Jordan's pencils, this is going to take six months. Are you good with that? At the end of it, it'll be great. You'll have a great website and the content will be good. Da, 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 da. But in terms of leads in the door in the short term, that's a different conversation. Can you afford this SEO piece in addition to maybe ads or social or whatever? And if the answer is yes, great. If the answer is no, then you need to kind of revisit that. Great. So do we need to start an ad campaign to get ads or to get traffic or business in the door more rapidly in the short term? And then once it's kind of doubled up on its own revenue, then bringing SEO into the mix. By the way, none of that is adhering to a contract because Mondo doesn't have a contract. It's as simple as Jordan or Jordan's pencils. This is going to take six months. We're going to send you an invoice each month. You're going to pay it. And if you don't, all work is going to stop very it's kind of simple i mean it's, so it's like the water bill just to, you don't have to pay it you just won't get any water <laughs> yeah so, anyway. one's life threatening the other is water that's true <laughs> so you could drown in and it also sustains you yeah. well, yes. just shout out to water quick shout out Love shout water. out h2o in the hizzy <laughs> dihydrogen monoxide <laughs> <Yummy>. <laughs> such a nerd me not you <laughs> oh no 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 you can't not include me in this grouping okay just not the same nerdery we nerd out slightly different slightly differently are you really looking for lasik no i've already had it oh why are you wearing glasses <laughs> just, oh <laughs> these are all for style brandon you just you just totally ruined did my, i just i just blew up your spot mine or not yeah, <laughs> that yeah. Is glass, dude. No, they had they had lenses in them, but That's right. I don't need them. I pop them out, and that way I don't have to clean them. Why would I clean you... glasses that I don't need? Yeah, when did you have that done? I got better than twenty twenty vision in twenty twenty. It was like right before COVID like struck. I think I am so. This is such a tangent. Hey, yeah. folks, let me tell you something. <laughs> Typically speaking, we go on tangents throughout Early. the show. Yeah, but. Uh, not at the end. Not at the end. <laughs> but when we hang up, I'm very curious about LASIK because um, I got to admit, like the 12, like four-year-old me, the same way you're afraid of a bug is definitely afraid of LASIK. <laughs> we'll talk about that. Okay, cool. Um, thank you, everyone, for joining us on episode 26, right? 26, yes. Thank Baby you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. That That also is French. No, that's Spanish. Oops. <laughs> 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 what is it? Wait, all do to a quatre cinq six so, so you could go, sit. yeah, right? That's yeah. six is Diaz Diaz I don't know French six. that well. Yeah. I could say, What do you want to eat? Qu'est-ce qu'il y a à manger? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, thank you everybody for joining. Yes. Jordan, thank, thank you, you so much, sir. 
Yes. Thank you, Brandon. Thank you. Honor and a pleasure. Pleasure and an honor from a scholar and a gentleman. There you go. Where's the, there's a gentleman in here? (laughs) Yeah, he's behind you. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) Okay, sweet. Uh, Thank you guys. Again, please subscribe to The Mondo Solution on whatever your favorite, favorite, (laughs) whatever your favorite pod catcher is. Uh, We would love to have your feedback. Send an email to podcast at trimondo.com or just make a comment uh, and also leave a review, a five-star review. Although, Jordan, I bet you and <laughs> I can four. both, maybe four, <laughs> I bet you and I can both gather a couple people or just one that might leave a sub five-star review, sub two-star review, one would say, <laughs> but that's okay. Um, uh, yeah, please subscribe. Let us know what you guys think. If you're watching us on YouTube, all that stuff. Hey, if you have an idea for a guest or topic that you would really like to hear, we would love to hear it. But... Until the next time that we meet, I will bid you adieu. Adieu. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Jordan. So Thank much. You, All right, dude. This is Mana Solution number 26. Out. Out.